We are uh, we're live. Okay, James, this is a uh, this is a different setup for us here. It's a different setup. We're back. I'm now eight feet away from you across this table. I haven't seen you in two weeks. That's true. Maybe more. Um, weird times, Seamus. Weird times. Uh, but you know, um, we're getting through it one day at a time. Yeah, it's um. It's, we, we had a lot of big, ambitious goals for The Swarm. Uh, we've already recorded quite a few episodes uh, last month. Um, and then, of course, this global pandemic happened and threw a wrench into our spokes a little bit. So um, we have a few interviews pre-COVID, uh, which will be interesting. Uh, we still think it's we have very good interviewees and it's all very topical, but... Um, Things are a little bit different now. Things are different. Um, you know, all in all, I think after the first uh, rush of like hysteria, if you will, um, the first week of like, oh my gosh, what do we what do we do now? Um, I think things have kind of like, in a, in a sense, kind of mellowed out. Uh, people are kind of finding their their way. Um, the new normal. The new normal, at least for now. Um, yeah. So Cicada is fully working from home. Um, we have all of our computers back at the house i know you guys are juggling children that's right i mean look it's it's highs and lows uh that's how i like to say it um you know one week i'm on kind of i'm on top of the world and i'm like oh we've we figured this out as far as you know work-life balance with the, with the babies um and then you'll have a day that's just terrible and you're like what do we need we need help you know um but i mean i think everybody's experiencing that regardless if you have a child or not i mean um, everybody's got anxieties of, of some capacity, but I think, you know, we're all really just lucky to be healthy, you know? Yeah. Uh, very, very lucky, very thankful to be healthy. Um, I think we're all thankful to still be able to partially work and function, um, from our houses. Um, obviously there's a collective anxiety for those who, uh, have maybe lost their job or cannot work. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of our friends and family fall into that boat. Uh, a lot of our sympathy goes out to everyone who is directly impacted by this, uh, obviously more so than just having to stay at home. We're all adjusting. Um, some people see this as an opportunity to maybe be productive at their homes or do those tiny little hobbies or chores that um, maybe you didn't feel uh, was a priority at the time. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> I mean, I'm running, I mean, I've, my house is basically ready for sale. I mean, <laughs> it is so polished. <laughs> well, it's unfortunate no one's buying right now. That's true. But also, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the stress and the anxiety is real. So if, you know, don't feel bad if, you know, maybe you can't do anything or you're not trying to be productive because the best thing we can all do for each other right now is stay away from each other, stay home so that we can keep everyone healthy. That's right. And then we can get through this and we could, but also don't forget to reach out. So reach yes. out to your friends and family. If you need to talk, reach out to James and I, um, we're always, you can slide into our DMS if you want to chat, slip in. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you have to stay connected, uh, as much as you can while staying home. Um, to, to keep that mental health up. Yeah. So we'd like to take your mind a little bit off of that uh, with this um, this recording that we did about a month and a half ago with um, with Ashley Arsenault-Jones, who's the owner-operator of Small Chalk here in New Orleans. 
Um, as mentioned, actually, in our, our episode with Minmu Studio, she's one-third of AKA Studios, uh, which is with Minmu and Augusta. The Triforce and, power team. That's right. And as well as the co-owner of Barracuda, uh, the well-known taco and tortilla shop here in New Orleans, who is currently on pause, but will be back in full force uh, post-COVID-19. The tacos and margaritas are absolutely delicious. I recently purchased a uh, gift card online. Oh, yes. Uh, which you can do to support them, as well as any other small business or restaurant in your area. You know, if you can, try to support them with gift cards or merchandise um, or by doing takeout food, if that's available. Yeah. But um, and then also for, for Ashley, if you want to know more about her, go to smallchalk.com. I want to list some of her select clients. This girl is like low-key badass. She has done work for Acura, Audubon Zoo, of course, Barracuda, Coquette, the college football playoffs. She did all the football signings, for, uh, football illustrations for the latest um, 100 series. Um, Liberty's Kitchen, Rotolo's, Ruby Slipper, the list goes on. Um, I'd be here for days. But um, and she's got a really cool, interesting uh, startup. So I'm I'm excited for you guys to listen to her. She's very captivating, very interesting. Yep. Enjoy. Hi everyone. I'm James, and I am Seamus, and you are listening to the, the Swarm, Swarm, a podcast about architecture and design. We're two architects at the firm Cicada here in New Orleans. The Swarm is an outlet that brings the world of architecture to the people. Our goal is to educate our listeners about design and construction by interviewing locals who are making an impact on their community. I don't know. We have, we have Ashley Arsenault-Jones here from Small Chalk, everybody. There's no need to be nervous. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Of course. You are part two of AKA. We just had Cara Bro on, or Cara McGuire up, ruining my own wife's name. <laughs> That's I forget, your wife. I forget that she's married to me. That's your last name. But we just had her on the show, and she was discussing a bit, a bit of AKA. You are the. Um, I'm one the, of the A's. You're one, one of the third. A's, I'm one and uh, and that's a big deal. You know, y'all are doing great work across the street, and um, we thought we figured it'd be fitting, clearly, to have you on and for you to talk about your work. Designer, muralist, artist, <laughs> you're doing all of this by yourself. Yes. For that's, many many years. That's such a good yes. point. Which is insane. I feel like a lot of people don't realize this, but you've done a lot of work around the city. So, I mean, we're talking about the Pythian Market, which is the food hall. You've done work for Ruby Slipper, Pilot and Pal, Mahoney's, Haydell's, Turkey and the Wolf, Molly's Rise and Shine, Lemon Shark, uh, Pokey Loa, Port Orleans, this is ridiculous Curbside. That's in Baton Rouge. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cafe Au Play. Yeah, R.I.P. Oh, no. Satsuma, Satsuma. Bone in the Throat. Uh, You've done some custom work for Facebook, Bud Light. And these are just the things that you have listed. That's featured featured projects. Listen, I told y'all, I'm really bad at remembering (laughs) what I've done. Like, I'm glad that my website exists because I, yeah, I would have to do exactly what you're doing. It's just go through and be like, this, this, this. All over the city, y'all. So while y'all are listening to this episode, go check her Instagram and check our Instagram and we'll post some, some <laughs> videos and stuff or not videos of uh, photos and you can see all of her work. It's amazing. She does all of this by hand, a lot of it without a lot of drafting, <laughs> which is amazing. That's right. right. Ashley, how did you get your name? Small chalk. Um, it really just came down to, I wanted 
to name my business. This was, I guess, 10 years ago, and I was only just starting out, but I knew I didn't want to be Ashley Arsenault Design, uh, something with my name. Like I, I wanted it to be quick and catchy and memorable, and uh, I always embrace my size, which is size small. <laughs> <laughs> um, and chalk was all I was doing at the time. That was the medium of choice. Yeah, that was the yeah. medium. Um, that's how it all started. It was chalkboards at restaurants, specifically just that. It was the only thing I was doing. Well, how does that happen? Does someone just know you're a, a good artist and they're like, hey, I need someone to, to write my menu board? That's a great question, yeah. yeah. Well, it started because I graduated from college with a degree in advertising and moved back home and just could not get a job to save my life um, Where was in home? my field here to New Orleans. Oh. So I graduated from LSU and I couldn't find a job. So I started working at restaurants and bars and every restaurant in New Orleans, most of them are lo- are independently owned. We don't have a ton of chain restaurants here. So um, inevitably, it's these small uh, places with chalkboards, with daily specials, um, beer specials, whatever. And I've always loved to draw, even though I had not been formally trained. Um, so I was always the one to go draw on the chalkboard, wherever restaurant or bar I happened to work at. And so I worked at Juan's Flying Burrito for a really long time. Mm, oh, nice. I love me some Juan's, <laughs> but I really love Barracuda. <laughs> yeah, I've been oh, in the oh, taco game <laughs> You have been in while. the taco game for a while. Um, and so I worked there and... There's a ton of regulars, and randomly, one of the regulars came up to me and said, hey, I'm going to open my own restaurant, and I'm going to paint one entire wall with chalkboard paint. Will you come draw the menu on the wall for oh, me nice. in chalk? Because I like everything you do here. And who was that? Uh, his name was Jeff Barron. He has owned quite a few places. Uh, he, The restaurant is Huevos. Okay. It was in Mid-City, just like a breakfast joint he went on to own like a pizza place um what's that pizza carré place you remember on tulane i don't know nope then there was that crescent pie and sausage i mean none of these places unfortunately none of them exist exist any longer i was gonna ask that you know the restaurants better than i ever would yeah i was gonna ask was that original chalk chalkboard does that still exist or is that that's gone i don't even know that place is now um it was wake and bacon i think it still is oh yeah okay love wake and bacon on banks so yeah it's long gone um but anyway so he asked me to do that and i was just like okay you know sounds like fun no concept of like what i would charge for that or anything and i did it and he paid me in egg sandwiches oh yes that is awesome <laughs> the first commit and so that was and the beginning coffee, and that was my first one and so then inevitably somebody came in they said "Ooh, we like this who did this for you gave him my contact info and then i'm going to the next place and then that and same thing happens and there. i'm going to the next place and then over time i'm like well i guess i should think about how much this is actually worth um, of course. And uh, then, yeah, it just kind of started as like a side hustle to my like waitressing or bartending gigs. And then uh, it became my full time job over the course of a couple of years. So a couple of things here. One being that word of mouth based on your work spreads yeah. so quickly because I'm assuming that's how you get all of your jobs. And then two, the medium at which you were working your art was kind of ephemeral. Like it Mm -hmm. didn't really last long. No, it still doesn't last long. I mean, most of the things that I do are gone or most things that I have done that, you know, maybe people have seen of mine or things that I'm known for, they're gone already. 
How does, well, it, how does it make you feel as, a, as an artist? I like it a lot. It okay. makes oh, me nice. feel so comfortable. Like, um, it makes me feel like I can always become a better, a better version of who I am today. And it's always changing. You know, there's photographs of things, but I kind of like, ugh, like I <laughs> cringe when I see them because yeah. I just always am looking like, how can this be better? How can this be better? Like, even the things that I'm most proud of, the most recent work. I don't know. I guess it's like a lot of artists are like that. You just, you see it and you're like, okay, that's fine. But like, it could be so much better. And it's like, right. I'm always chasing that anyway. So it's kind of nice that, I mean, now that, now anything I do is pretty much, I'm, I'm leaning way more towards permanent, like mural installations and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Even those get painted over though. But you know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's it, nice. There's some freedom to it. And yeah. does that help you? Like if it's not such a permanent thing, you can, you can produce uh, with a more clear mind in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess like the stakes are a little higher these days. Like I do have to kind of like step back and think about what I'm actually saying. Like, you know, in the past, like everything was super easy going and free flowing. And like, like I said, I was getting paid in like egg sandwiches in like the first few years. Like I feel like my clients were just like happy to have this art and probably happy to not pay very much money for it. And like, I didn't have to like show anybody a sketch of anything. I just went in and like did it and like it still was like cool and, and unique and fun. But like nowadays, you know, it is a little bit more rigid. Like I do send very detailed sketches and color palettes and mood boards and things like that before I produce any work. For yeah. the for those people listening, um, what is that medium that you're actually drawing on for them to kind of get an idea? So clearly at one point you were doing chalk, right? Mm -hmm. But now um, the evolution of your practice. What what are you using um, to kind of sketch out these ideas prior to kind of putting them into into place? I mean, I just like live on my iPad Pro and mm -hmm. Procreate with the Apple Pencil. Mm -hmm, with the Apple Pencil, um, it really is. It just like changed the game for me and like a, several other designers that I know that do similar work. Um, it just is incredible. I just take a picture of the wall or whatever. And I just draw on top of it. Quick little sketch. I can change Fun. the colors easily. Yeah, that's you know? cool. What's weird, what's, what I don't think people understand, and maybe they do, I didn't. I always, I don't know, sometimes you see people like kind of sketching in pencil and then kind of going over it. You literally crank this out out of your brain, one shot, like beautiful. I don't, it's. I mean, no, no. Legit talent. I mean, I, it doesn't always just come right out yeah, it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know, you're perfect is clearly like we talk about paint and polish all the time james mm -hmm. and i but um clearly you're your own worst critic i mean if yeah. i were to look at any of your things that you said weren't good i'd be like no keep that you know <laughs> so we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsors if you like beer we suggest you drop into brew Caray in the marini located at 2115 decatur it's a laissez-faire atmosphere with craft brews on tap and James, if you like tacos like I do, do yourself a favor and drop into Barracuda, located at 3984 Chapatula Street, for a taco and margaritas on tap. And you're the only one doing the art. Like yeah. you can get people to help you with management or like, mm -hmm. you know, that whole other business aspect mm -hmm. of it. But you're the one who's doing the first, second, third drafts. And yeah. then you have to show this to the client, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's where we're at. Like I was mentioning, like I've had assistants in the past and I actually have a, a lovely assistant, um, part-time right now, two days a week. Her name is Katie. Um, shout out to Katie. Hey, shout Katie. out to Katie. 
she's great um but you know um i am the one designing and katie is helping me get you know bring the design to life or like find where it's going to live or package it export it or send proof mock up like like she's wonderful because i can design a thing and i can be like katie let's see what this looks like on a right. cup let's see what this looks like on a wall let's see what this looks like this size that size right. in red and blue or whatever and like that is That's really helpful. it's very helpful to have that person um but you know it's just kind of when people are looking for like my hand or like the way i would do something it's not easy to hand over to a you know a junior designer necessarily and say like do this the way I would do it. I mean, it's like almost impossible. Right. So, um, so yeah, I still am doing everything. It's just really nice to have that extra he- set of hands to help me get it to where it needs to go. So I follow you a good bit on, well, clearly you're across the street and you work for my <laughs> wife, but I do follow you a lot on Instagram. And uh, one of your more notable projects, in my opinion, was um, doing some artwork for the zoo, mm-hmm. for the Audubon Zoo here. And uh, could, line exhibit. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> hearing the roar? I forget what the actual catchphrase is. <laughs> the roar of a turn. And how do you how do you even come across a job like that? I mean, uh, that's so unique and ingrained in the city. It's the zoo, the Audubon Zoo. It was a huge, it was a huge deal. Um, I was even like, how did y'all? What? Like, why am I here? You know, when I went for the first walkthrough. And it was so sweet. It was the, one of the ladies, Megan, was like, I've followed you on Instagram and I loved your work. And honestly, we just like were, you know, she's like, I always wanted to know, like, how can we use small chalk in here? And then there was a typography heavy project that came along and she said she thought of me. And I was just so flattered. It was, uh, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, um, because, yeah, it, yeah, it's like it's, it's the zoo and it, it really, it was like um, a turning point. It was like one of those projects that made me feel like, all right. You know, because like, well, and tell us about where exactly it is. And I know you had a little experience with some of the uh, <laughs> with the wildlife, with some of the wildlife there. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was the exhibit was being created and being built and being designed, you know, while I was working. I was actually working on a team because um, there's other artists and designers there. So it was a father and son team. They're based out of Texas and literally they just travel the country going to different zoos and aquariums and places like that. And they do like faux painting to create these special effects for the um, exhibits. So they were there just kind of like aging everything and like basically like creating magic in my mind. Cause Can you elaborate a little bit on what aging is? Yeah. So, so the exhibit at the zoo for those who may not be here or may not have seen it is um, two train cars. The exhibit is based on this like railroad system that uh, devastated the lion population in 1920. Mm. Um, It's this railroad that was going through Africa. Um, And so the exhibit is, is like um, the train cars that have been severely aged and worn because they were supposed to be like, sitting there for the last 100 years or whatever so anyway so the father and the son team were out there and they're just spray painting and faux painting and creating like they basically turn these like shiny uh silver metal train cars into these like rusted old like cracked looking things and it was just really nuts because like i'm seriously watching him just like spray a thing and all of a sudden it's like you just rusted that metal like in front of my (laughs) eyes you know so it was um, interesting because, like I said, my my job was to kind of go in and create these lettering pieces on the train cars, um, kind of in this, like, again, the style of like what 
they may have looked like in the 1920s. But then I didn't really understand until I was out there that I was going to have to age the lettering. Mm. Um, and so basically the father and the son kind of just like helped me out. They That's were like, awesome. Here's what we would do. Right. And oh, nice. I kind of like learned new techniques from them. Yeah, that's great. really cool. Um, and I'm really proud of the piece. I mean, I don't know. It was interesting. But yeah, so I was out there with them and all this is happening. And then um, it was like the last night of the... One dark, spooky, foggy <laughs> evening. <laughs> yeah, it was spooky nighttime. So you're working at night I'm in the zoo. <laughs> that's a little, that's intimidating. Yeah. New exhibit. A new exhibit. Tenants it's have not, not arrived. Open, yeah. Well, okay. Let me Let me start from the very beginning. Earlier that day, um, I was working, and it was still daylight, and some of the workers came over, and they were like, hey, FYI, we let the lions out of their, like, holding uh -huh. thing. So, because, like, basically at the zoo, it's like, they can be in their, like, actual, like, I guess, at their actual habitat, and then they stay there at night, but then they let them out into the exhibit during the day. Got it. Okay. So the there's exhibit... Like a, there's a behind the scenes. There's a behind the scenes for all the animals. They have a, a It's kind of where they go to sleep and chill. Yes. Okay. So the lions had been in their little, like, behind the scenes house, but they were like, today's the day we're opening the gates and we're going to let them explore the exhibit. Okay. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, no problem. They're like, but they're going to be timid and they're not going to want to come out, so you probably won't see them. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I go finish whatever for the day. And then I came up here because we had something happen at the studio. Sun goes down. I get back to the zoo to finish up the day or the night. And <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> and the father and the son team again, um, they're like, hey, um, I think the lions came out. And I was like, really? And I don't think I had mentioned, but the way the exhibit is set up, it's like the train cars, and then there's a huge pane of like super, super thick glass. Right. So like in theory, the lions can walk up all the way to you at the exhibit, and all that separates you from the lion is this like pane of glass. Um, but we had a tarp over all of the glass because we, you know, they didn't want to like scare the lions. Right. So I noticed like one part of the tarp had been like kind of like taken down a little bit by somebody who was there before and then the father and the son they were like we think the lion might have came out and i was like really <laughs> and i walk up to this like tarp that had been like messed with and i just like lifted it and i was like ah! <laughs> because like the lion the male lion with right. huge male lion huge mane his whole face was like Mufasa. directly in front of me and oh all that God. separated was ah, it was like yeah. my heart just like dropped i was like ah, did you did you annoying. legit belt like a scream yes, yeah yes because it's terrifying <laughs> like i thought like i would lift up the tarp and just see like something in the distance but he was like 100 percent in, in my face, face. Oh, wow that's terrifying man. you got the real so, exhibit i got the real exhibit <laughs> <laughs> and did you finish painting that night? I did. Okay, I finished. Nice. And uh, and yeah, it was cool. And um, yeah. Well, uh, how often does it happen where a client sees your work and they're like, "Oh no, like I wanted something different, or I want to change it." And like, what you do is very permanent, like mm -hmm. on the first step, because you're usually painting on something that is a finished space or like yeah. something that it's it's very graphic and it's there already like does that happen often? i think not only is it permanent but it's also personal i feel like yeah. you probably get really attached to what you're putting on 
putting it out, I putting mean, out there? Not, yes and no. I mean, now, like I said, we're at a point where, like, if someone wants to invest in the artwork that I'm going to create, they will want to see and need to see both of both parties, myself and them. They want to see very detailed sketches. Okay. So, and I mock them up. So, like, really? You're, you're so chill about it. <laughs> so chill. So chill. I would have been like, what? I already did it. <laughs> You know, we like walk in or I, I begin a project and like sketch in such a way and mock up in such a way that like the client should know kind of exactly what they're getting into. Um, I mean, digital sketches and digital mock-ups are like nowhere near as as nice as a finished painting or a mural in person. So like if anything, I feel like mo- most times people are excited even more excited than they, you know, like, wow, it's better than I thought it would be because they can see it. Oh, nice. And it's like tactile instead of just like a flat digital kind of thing. But, um, yeah, we don't run into that too much at this point, but, you know. So you've started with menu boards, mm-hmm. not getting paid, mm-hmm. and then slowly moved on to getting paid with food and then starting your own business. Mm-hmm. Are, is there any work around the city that you are very proud of? Like, I know you said a lot of this is temporary and, and then now you're actually moving on to starting it digitally and then implementing it. Is is there something that our listeners can go see and can recognize? Hmm. I was just joking about how, for some reason, it's like really hard for me to <laughs> remember what I've done when Come I have on. to say it out loud. Well, I know a bunch, but you should too. <laughs> I'm pulling up my Instagram right now. Well, <laughs> Ashley, do you want to talk about Ruby Slipper? I feel like that's a, a very... Ruby Slipper. I yeah. Like, I feel like that's a big deal. Ruby Slipper, it's, it is a big deal. They're one of my first clients, and they're very special to me for a lot of reasons. And the situation that I've worked out with them... And that they've worked out with me um, is like really great. Um, so Ruby Slipper started out as this tiny little restaurant in Mid City, um, like That's tiny a br- brunch spot, brunch, brunch, delicious breakfast and brunch and lunch and coffee and um, yeah, this like cute little spot in Mid City. And they just, I guess they have. Well, I know they have a great concept and they're good people and they do a good job. Um, and so they've expanded. Over the last 10 years, they are now, I think they just opened location number 15, and they're projected to continue with, like, huge growth all around the country. That's great. Um, and, and your artwork is a part of that expansion, right? My artwork is a part of their, yeah, I guess it's, you know, it is part of their branding at this point. Um, is something that you drew initially, or do they mm-hmm. get you to go in and do something for each location? So for the first, I guess, five stores, um, I did all of these by hand. Um I would go in before each store opening and have these really large eight foot long basically canvases that I would draw a unique piece for each restaurant. Um, and it was like I kind of did one at the first location and then the next one they're like, let's do two at this location. And the next one they're like, let's do five for this one. <laughs> you know, yes. and it, it basically like the artwork awesome. is based around like their menu items. So they have like shrimp and grits and like um, crab cakes and like, you know, just these signature dishes that they have and I just kind of illustrated the lettering and these little images for each one and they just are their own little art pieces and then um, I do the same for their beverages because they have like signature mimosa and Bloody Mary and so I'll do these like typographic treatments for this that that is a piece of art um, it's it's not like something you would order off of it's just something you would look at um, and 
in certain locations like they have a location in Orange Beach Florida and I did like a beach scene for the you know a painting or and, like once they realized kind of like where they were headed they were like okay it's not realistic that you could make these custom pieces for each location right. so like let's get together and do these kind of just like baseline um, designs that would be our food our si- signature um, cool. you know signature foods signature beverages um what's in a name is like this illustrated board about like why they are called ruby slipper and so every now every time they open a store i've digitized these designs so that they can now manufacture these eight foot long canvases um for each location i basically license the artwork to them and then they still come to me for like they're going to open one in nashville and maybe they want like a scene from you know the city or whatever the case that's so cool yeah so it's like something that's really important to think about and like something that i didn't start out like when i when i started doing this kind of work 10 years ago i would have never thought at all about passive income and like how my art can make money even though i'm not necessarily putting in the like sweat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. equity is that no, no, <laughs> no that's not right but i'm not i'm not doing the work but i'm still getting paid right, right. it's like licensing for your music or for mm-hmm. your uh, photography or videos you, you might only do it at one time mm-hmm. but it's still your talent and and thought process and idea it goes back to not being like you are your you are the artist Mm -hmm. so like unless you're working you're not making money unless you can license out these things which clearly you're now multiplying which is amazing yeah and it's just like i just need i need to always be looking to for opportunities to do things like that because yeah i don't want to like sweat over a every single canvas that I get paid for. Like I, I have two kids and like a home life and like a lot of other things that like, I don't want to work around the clock for forever. You know what I mean? I want to work reasonable hours and enjoy my life. And so I, passive income does become like very important once you're like in the game for and long. I find it so interesting that you are one of the creative people who has it very, very much benefited from technology. Mm-hmm. You know, some people say artist, and you're like, okay, like if your if your medium is a canvas or if it's a wall, but you can take your art now anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that a lot in the office, Seamus and I. It's like, oh, you y'all only work in the computer. It's like, what happened to hand sketching? And it's like, well, we still do all of those mm-hmm. things, but it only the technology only makes it quicker and easier, and it enhances that uh, inherent talent and skill that you grow over time yeah for sure I mean sometimes I if I'll go for like months and months and months and I feel like I'm just drawn on the iPad and it's like when was the last time I actually drew something Mm. just like on a piece of paper then like I'll just like do something for my next project like make sure it's tactile just to like prove to myself that I I'm not like but honestly it's kind of dumb because like my workflow is like so much faster with the iPad of course because you know, it's like instead of having to scan it in and, you know, use all this tracing paper and blah, 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 blah. It's just like click, click, do this. Th- and you're also saving it. on a lot of resources, too, right? Yes. You're not having to buy the paints as right. much. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is expensive. But also it's just kind of like I think you can have all these gadgets and you can do whatever you want digitally. But you still have to have the talent, you know, like to make those things work. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, your work <clears throat> 
predominantly is on the interior of buildings. I, th- uh-huh. I feel like your work actually stimulates a lot of interior architecture. Uh-huh. Um, in this city, it's a lot of restaurants and hospitality. Uh-huh. Are, are you ever interested in maybe doing murals on the sides of buildings or of things of that nature, which, you know, more of your work being one w- with architecture? Well, we just collaborated at Juniors. Seamus, got that she's on the side of Juniors. I'm on that the side true. of Juniors, baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I love a good exterior mural. I mm-hmm. mean, you are exposed to the elements, which I'm kind of a like a... I'm a person who likes to be like inside in a blanket and like, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't love like extreme heat or extreme cold. And for some reason, whenever I'm like painting like juniors, I was literally nine months pregnant in the middle of the summer heat. Like (laughs) I remember the owner actually, he was either texting me or he was texting Paulo and saying like, tell her she doesn't have to be here right now. She's nine <laughs> months pregnant. I mean, you can't stop the creative train. Yeah. And plus I just like wanted to get through it. You know what I mean? Like right. I just wanted to push through it and I'm stubborn and I'm like, I can do this, but like, I don't love the element, the extreme elements. And that always seems to be when I'm painting, but like, um, no, I'm like down for whatever, you know? And I like, I like interiors. Um, cause I like for things to, I like to not have to consider weather rain of course wind, like right. rando like storms you know things fall you know like i kind of like how it's like it's safe when it's inside how much does that affect your like uh your medium like if you know something is going to be outside are you thinking in your head like oh i need this type of paint this mm-hmm. type of brush and oh client i can't do that type of thing because of mm-hmm. these factors does that happen yes it does it it does happen because when you're talking about exteriors you're usually talking about well okay Exterior, like exterior murals, you can just use exterior house paint, but um, oftentimes you would have to consider some type of coating um, for the sun. But um, if you're talking about signage or certain types of lettering applications or just certain applications in general, you might have to use enamel, and that is like really harsh. Or like if I'm if I'm painting something smaller scale that will live outside, like I always use enamel and like you're like breathing that in, it like gives me a headache and like Uh-oh. oftentimes like I just don't wanna have to use those like materials. It's like way messier cleanup. You gotta pull out the paint thinner and right. you know, like, mm, I, hate paint. like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people are like, get a life, like who cares? But like I'm just sensitive and yeah, I just don't no, really of course. like to use the harsh chemicals, you of know course. what I mean? Um, so yeah, it kind of does make a difference. So how often do you encounter like artistic or creative roadblock and like, how do you get over that? Um, I experience that all the time. (laughs) I might have mentioned, but I'm very dramatic and I'm a perfectionist and I always want to feel like I'm like the next project is even better. And like, I put a ton of pressure on myself. Like, again, this is like very typical artist kind of stuff, creative person and stuff. Um, but you know, I just am always just like needing to feel like I took a step up and there are times when like you get into something and either like maybe it really wasn't a great fit with that particular client or like maybe like when I said yes, I had a different vision of what the project actually would be and then it turns out not or maybe the budget falls through and like you're scrambling to try to like work with something that you know you can't do your best job or maybe like the timeline got squinched like there's a million times when like it's not necessarily in your control but like something has shifted and you can't do your best work and it's just like 
crushing, you know? And like, if you always want to feel like you're doing your best and then you feel like you kind of like lose your footing on certain aspects, then for me, it kind of starts to like spiral into like, oh no, it's going to fall apart. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. And then you, I get like blocked because I can't move forward because I'm like, I'm just spinning in circles because I'm like. And what do you do to pull yourself out of the, the death spiral? Honestly, I just like walk away <laughs> or take a nap or like go eat something or like. I was going to say, does, does working with or working alongside in the same studio as Kara and Augusta at AKA, does that, do they help in any capacity yes. when, you, when you run into robots? Yes, it's a tremendous help because like, you know, I guess when you kind of start like, like I, I just like equate it to like a dog just like spinning, like trying to like get its tail or whatever, like you just like cannot see outside of this like anxiety spiral. Um, and so it's nice when like you can just like turn to your studio mate and be like, Hey, like I am really struggling. Can you just like look at this for a second? And like, of course it's always like either Kara or Gus is like, just make it blue and see, like, I feel like... <laughs> that's that, that easy? Just make it blue, actually. I mean, it's not... It, it is, but it isn't, you know what I mean? An extra pair of eyes is always helpful, especially yeah. if you've been staring at something yeah. for a while. The, those obvious things become much less obvious. Yeah. I feel like y'all's studio is so good with that because y'all yeah. are all so artistic in your own ways. You know, yeah. Augusta with the photography, Kara with, with uh, you know, her design. her design, and then clearly you with illustration. It's like very different things, mm -hmm. but all comes back to art. And you can all, you also, everybody sees different things. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, cause like Gus, I always laugh about how Gus has like mega Virgo eyes. Like she can see the little like details and everything. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like mega she's, so, Virgo eyes. she's so detail oriented. I'm like, Gus, come over here with your Virgo eye. Cause like, I need you to tell me like, <laughs> is something off? And she'll be like, the bottom of that G is just like a little bit crooked. And it's like really disorienting me. And I'll be like, oh, thank you. And I like push it in and I'm like, oh yes perfect it's Love perfect it. and she's like yeah and then Kara is like a wizard magician with color and so I'm like this is like such a weird color green like I'm just like struggling like what is this and she'll like dial it up a little bit and add more like yellow to it and it's like perfect or she'll Love like that. pair it with just the right you know other color like she'll be like try it with like a little bit of um red or whatever green and red is christmas i guess in my mind in this story but like <laughs> you know what i mean like it she just knows color and she also care i just like i love that she's so opinionated and like she knows what she likes and she knows what looks good and like i trust her completely if i'm like is this dumb and she'd be like mm, it's not that it's dumb but like maybe if you just do it this way and i'll just like shift something over and all of a sudden it's perfect i'm like thank you so like i don't know i mean everybody in that space just like you, like you said like they're all we're feed all off good at like yeah well and you get to feed off of them which is nice and they feed off of you but i bet you also get a lot of energy from your husband who is also <laughs> yeah in one this of creative <laughs> space but on a different aspect which would be on the cooking side on the cooking side that's right so not only are you a professional illustrator and artist <laughs> But you also own Barracuda with your husband, Brett Jones. Which is me an owning Barracuda is a very loose term. <laughs> I do not own. I mean, I own Barracuda, but I don't have anything to do with it really. It's all him. I mean, I do the design for Barracuda and which, the marketing. I mean, I go over to Barracuda and let everybody know what I think about things. Well, I mean, which is a <laughs> it matters. You do all the marketing. You did all of the illustrations and the branding for yes, Barracuda. Right. Yeah. Which is a restaurant on Chapatulas. Yes. Barracuda is a little taco stand on Chapatulas. Um, 
and uh, we serve a really small but very intentional menu of tacos and bowls, margaritas and agua frescas. Um, I'm really proud of my husband, Brett. He has done something here in the city that I think we really need, which is like create a very approachable, very affordable, very everyone is welcome here, laid back, but beautiful and like delicious, you know, spot, taco spot. Actually, I probably spend half of my lunch money at your husband's restaurant. Yeah, and we're not trying to like toot any horns here, but Seamus talks about Barracuda all the time. Seamus loves Barracuda. Can we get a a lunchbox? I think I I need tacos. I mean, a lunchbox, what a deal too, you know? That is a deal. I mean, yeah, it's like I don't want to toot his horn all day long either, but like... (laughs) It's good. (laughs) But honestly, I mean, like New Orleans especially just needs more just like needs more tacos i wanted to ask you a two-part question one being how do you manage being a full-time working mother raising your babies and then at the same time being able to now see nico get older and her start to take on this artistic talent you know how do you like how does that what does that do for you as as an artist as a mom well okay so from the beginning i will say that this is a really challenging time in life right now um having a kid when you own your own business is a challenge. Having a kid when both partners own right. their own business is like bananas. It's really, really difficult, but it's also very rewarding. And I, on the hardest days, I think to myself, like, this is hard. This feels impossible almost. But Nico and Alfie are growing up watching both of their parents like creating these businesses for themselves and they're working for themselves and they're doing what they want to do and their dreams are like being realized. You're pursuing your dream. You're pursuing your dreams. You know, having a kid is cool for a lot of reasons, but watching your kid grow up during this particular phase in life. So like three years old going on four, it's like their little brains, like they like, double in size it seems like every week they like know so many more new words and like they're saying some hilarious stuff and like their personalities are just like blossoming right in front of you and like my daughter is like her purse she's always had a lot of personality since like day one but now it's just like full on this is like who she is and it's just like she is so opinionated she's so like she she notices such like subtle little things and comments on them and like she's so bossy and opinionated about stuff like I just created these birthday party invitations for her and she like art directed and said things to me that like I was like how are you three years old like like she was like okay in my party invitation I want to be wearing my favorite frozen dress and I want to be freezing something and then I need you to write my name but kind of like how frozen is and then I want it to be blue and then I want you to write barracuda like she the most demanding client she's the most demanding so I do all this stuff she's with me every step of the way she's like sitting on my lap while I'm like drawing her she's like make my eyes eyebrows look really mean (laughs) she's like and i need lipstick not pink lipstick red lipstick so like i'm telling you like every step of the way so it was like the day before i was going to send him to print i have it on the ipad because i like drew it on there for the most part and i give it to her to review i'm like here it is i'm like all excited and she goes I'm a little confused <gasps> because this is not exactly what I wanted. So like, this is the kind I'm of like, I'm a little confused. This is like how oh she talks gosh. to me about things. You know what I mean? And like, 
she, and just, she understands what you do. Yeah. Right. She understands. Oh, that's so good. She understands. And, um, you know, so this is just kind of like a glimpse into how she is. And, you know, she sits and she draws her little pictures and they're like these cute, like, I don't know. It's just like, I'm always surprised at the like subtle little details in her drawings. And, and I don't know, there's just, as her personality develops um i see so much of like brett and i in her because i you know it's just like through this process with going through her like birthday party because she's also very opinionated opinionated about the cake it's like yes i need uh i need three levels on the cake because my friends need to see a big cake like <laughs> so like <laughs> so she's like all of this and and just like the tremendous amount of like direction that she gives us right. at such a young age right. i'm like whoa like what does that say about brett and i and like what well, is she picking up and on? well she's she's hanging around mama and daddy <laughs> at, at work and she sees how y'all work and yeah. how you know you need certain things done right and i think that's probably a reflection yeah of whatever's that. happening it's working <laughs> yeah it's not slowing down i mean no, you, got, you got two businesses uh-huh. two children and you're still all over the place i mean we're collaborating with you now we've done one at juniors on harrison which is great you got, everyone should go check it out it is pretty good as well as yeah. we were able to bring yeah. ashley in on a very quick note um mm. so rubenstein's as you know from our previous episode um is a 40 40 unit boutique hotel um that is currently under construction and james had the the actually it was james's idea he's like hey man we're talking about <laughs> job site signage let's get ashley on board to do some sweet mardi gras banners for us. <laughs> well job site signage is great because it's a you immediately get a canvas to market your business contractor architect interior designer whoever's involved in the project now has a physical location in wherever the project is to put some marketing which is awesome but sometimes i feel like job signs can be like really boring or they're they're things that you kind of just glance over like everyone's like you know you're scrolling through a website now and you don't look at those ads you're just glancing over them so you're glancing over these job site signs i thought it would be nice to give something back to the city with no no uh intention to market just like let's just give the city a little treat for mardi gras which is why I thought of you. We have given the city a treat for Mardi Gras. The <laughs> yeah. three of us together. I'm really glad you. I'm really glad you took took the uh, the challenge. It was a, <laughs> it's a fast one. We literally like, hey Ashley, <laughs> you don't have to take this, but we need kind of artwork in like two days. I know. Well, it was fine. I mean, we did it. She we did it, and it looks awesome. You did it. <laughs> so look for the Mardi Gras banner on the corner of Canal and St. Charles on the Rubenstein's building. Well, to be honest, by the time this airs. It'll probably already be down. Oh, it already be. But we will have. Well, if you look on our Instagram, because we're going to drop a a video. It's going to live in photos and videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have two businesses, Barracuda and Small Chalk. Where do you see, or where do you ideally see these in five or 10 years from now? I've been thinking a lot about the five year plan for Small Chalk, five to 10 year plan, because, um, like, I. I just came up on the 10-year mark of small chalk. So I'm like, all right, well, what's the next 10 years? What's the next five years? And also, like I said, I'm always just kind of like, I get like the itch to do something new. So like, you know, it's like, what is the next thing? It, do I want to keep doing what I'm doing now? Like painting murals, doing like lettering treatments and designing? Or do I want to just like go rogue and like 
do some fine art and try Whoa. to sell it or like um like i don't know i really 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 um would like to one day illustrate a book and i feel like i've been saying that forever exciting and i have not taken any actual like actionable steps towards it so i think the next five years is about me like really getting my stuff together so that i can fulfill that um dream which is like seeing you know like holding a book that i've illustrated well actually being a new father i can 100 percent say <laughs> that you would be an amazing <laughs> an amazing illustrator slash artist for any book that you were ever to take on so and i would, I would love purchase to see that, that book yeah, Thank and you. side note, I'm always loving, like, I might hire you to, like, let's make a book. <laughs> I'm always into book. that. Yeah. Yeah. So from writing menu boards to making books, I think it's an amazing journey for someone to have and not having that initial goal from the beginning. So who yeah. knows where you'll be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I feel like my career, like, kind of happened by accident because I was just, like, a burrito waitress, like, kind of not knowing what I was doing. And then somebody just, like, had me come draw on their wall. And then all of a sudden, just, Your like, name in the it city. happened. Yeah. So, That's like, amazing. and I do, like, I don't like to just lean on that and be like, I'm just going to let the universe unfold itself for me. Like, I, <laughs> but, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe there'll be a sign. And, like, I'll, like, be at the coffee shop at the right time and this person I'll run into them and then we'll just like start talking they want to write a book like I don't know like I, I need to just like stop thinking that it's just going to happen and yeah like take actionable steps so right. that's a five-year plan for small chalk um I don't know what the 10-year plan is just yet for Barracuda in five years we're hoping um you know to have at least one other Barracuda um oh yeah spread the love <laughs> Barracuda <laughs> too spread the taco love <laughs> um and yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask Brett about that because I don't want to speak for him in his uh, long-term plans. But right on. Well, maybe we'll have him on. But thank yeah. you so much for being our guest. Thank we you, love having Thanks you. Having We're me. looking forward to the future of Small Chalk and Barracuda. I'm looking forward to the future of Cicada. Yeah. What? All right, folks, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Swarm, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks.